Hello and welcome to Lecture on Facebook Ads, The Extracast with myself, James Urquhart. On these Extracast episodes, we invite marketing and sales experts to share their stories of success and failure in business and how sales and marketing have helped them to build their own success. Welcome to the Let's Run Facebook Ads podcast, The Extracast with myself, James Urquhart. And today we are speaking to the famous LinkedIn entrepreneur, Mike Winnett, Mike McGann, whatever he's known as today. Mike, for his background, is the co-founder of IM Productions, who specialize in making your boring sales pitches, boring product launches, and boring marketing content not so boring. But today we're going to discuss how Mike created a company with 340 clients and sold out within two years with no paid social media content. Mike, welcome. How are you? Good. Very well, sir. How are you? Sound. Really good. good. Bar being banned off LinkedIn again. So I was on there for five days. I thought New Year knew me. I'd come on, see how long I'd last. And I literally lasted five days. Man- good thing about it was that I managed to do, I think it was about 100,000 views with no audience, which is mad. So I had like, you know, no followers, but just posted constant 100,000 views and managed to bring in another few hundred people to my newsletter about business and market and sales and stuff. So it was worth it, little smash and grab, but I hoped to be there a little bit longer, to be honest. So for people that, um, so predominantly our listeners are, you know, they're using, obviously they listen to this because they, they're they using paid social media, um, whether it's a small e-commerce shop or they're trying to create leads, leads for their... Spamming people, interrupting people's days with something that they weren't looking for. Look, Mike, we like to call it invasive marketing. You know, that's yeah. the, that's that's the spin. But I know, you know, I, to give a bit of context, can you explain, I guess, your background? Because you've done very, very well for yourself and you've not had to use paid Facebook ads. And, no. you know, and obviously from where your background, you know, your, your original business and obviously what you then came into and a bit about you and your YouTube channel and the like would be great. Yeah, so uh, long story short, in 2015, I set up a business in an industry I had no um, experience in, and I wrote a figure and a date on that I wanted to create a £10 million business in three years, and I backwards planned that business from that point, and I sold that business two and a half years later for £8 million, Um, and I did that without doing any paid ads at all. I only created content and did organic and social uh, marketing. And it worked really well for me. Obviously, I had a compelling message and I had a product that was, hate to use the word, but disruptive. It was different to what was out there at the time. It was a real USP. And um, I just marketed it in a way uh, that hadn't been done in that sector on, and on platforms, i.e. LinkedIn, which I grew a massive audience on, in a way that people wouldn't necessarily market themselves on that platform. And it meant that uh, I made massive gains, 340 clients, like you said, in two and a half years. And then I was offered £8 million for that business and I didn't have to do a workout. So from the day they made the offer to the day that I had the money in my bank account and was told never come into work again was 32 days. So it was a bit of a mad story. Um, And it just made me a massive fan of sort of, organic marketing and just organic growth processes and the weird thing about it is a lot of people think organic slow 
But I think if someone said to you that in two and a half years, you could exit your business for 8 million, some people would say that's actually quick results for, for your business and it's cheap. And if you make the right stuff and put it in the right places that people are actively searching for the answers to those questions, it means that you've got a license to print money. If you think of every piece of organic content marketing as a pitch perfect salesperson, that's only hanging out in the places that your clients are looking for the answer to a problem that you solve. It's like a no brainer. So that's why I chose that form of content. And that's now why I've got a, like I said, a little group called views on my own, where we talk about business sales, scaling your business, how to grow a social media audience. Cause I've grown an audience of 180,000 on both YouTube and LinkedIn. And I've now just started on, um, Twitter. I'm on five, almost five and a half thousand on Twitter. Um, I'm following a, a, an organic growth strategy on there that's worked really well. Um, I've put another 250 followers on in the last four days. So um, I'm a big fan of that. And that's the kind of stuff that I teach people. Uh, I suppose the, the real, what I wish I had done potentially was utilize targeted Facebook marketing as well as the stuff that I was doing. But I'd never had Facebook at this point. I never had any social media at this point. The only social media I had in my business was LinkedIn. And that was the only place that I used to put content. And then then YouTube, because I realized I need somewhere to hold this content to, in case I ever need to refer back to it. So whenever I was doing proposals or doing my sales pitch and I got asked questions, if I had content that was already made that answered those questions, I found that A, it meant the leads were more qualified if they'd seen that content, but B, it meant I had to, I didn't have to repeat myself so many times. Now, if you're in your own business and you find yourself repeating the same shit over and over and over again, if you just make content about that question that you're answering, mm. one, you don't have to repeat yourself over and over again. So it then means that you can scale your sales team without actually employing more people. Um, or if you put that in the content in the places where people are looking for those answers, anyone that searches that question finds your content. Number one, the fact that they've specifically searched it and found you means that they're pre-qualified, they've qualified themselves. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sift through, oh, I had 8,000 impressions and there was 137 clicks and two people filled in a landing form. If someone said to me, of 8,000 views on my very specific content that someone searched for, I was only speaking to two people. I would say I've failed. But that was the thought process that went behind mm-hmm. it. And the logic is this. When you've got a problem in everyday life, as in you're going about your daily business and the light's not working on your fridge or your car's making a strange noise or you don't know how to set your Sky Digital box up to record a program, you go on your phone and you go in one of two places to find those answers. What are those places? Google, Google. or YouTube. So if yeah. you've not got video content answering those questions on YouTube or Google, which now pulls through and ranks YouTube videos, you are marketing your business in a way that you every day know works you're not doing the thing that you know works now mm. i guarantee you wouldn't jump on facebook or jump on instagram scroll through your feed hoping that a sponsored ad comes through to tell you how to say your sky digital box you don't do that so in terms of self-qualifying content 
weirdly, I still get thousands. I've got one video I made in 2019 that gets 7,000 views per day now. Why? Because people still ask that same fucking question mm. three years later. I got a client in next door. So we create we create this video content for businesses, by the way. Uh, we do, I've got a content marketing business called Iron Productions. I've got a studio next door. There's a person in there now who's an estate agent. He is in here talking to us about creating content for him. Why is he here? Because yesterday, day before yesterday, what day are we on today? Monday, basically. So Monday, yeah. he went on YouTube to look at um, flipping properties. My video ranked that I filmed in 2019. And he saw we were in Warrington. He's from Warrington. So he then said, who made this video? We would love to create content like this for our business. So he has gone and searched for a specific thing. Our video shown up. I've got a new paying client. Imagine having a piece of content that will still be making you money in two years after you make it. Whereas I think what a lot of people fail to realize is they think you've got to turn up and post every day on all these platforms. You don't have to do that. It's it's smart marketing when it comes to content marketing or organic marketing. Doing a Halloween post or look at those now crazy jumpers or doing the mannequin challenge or doing the Harlem shake and that shit. I call that disposable content. Nobody is, nobody, especially your ideal client is searching for that in July, in November, in March. So you need to think of it as, can I create a piece of content like real estate that will sit in the cyberspace, on the internet, on YouTube, on Google, that every time someone searches for this specific thing, they see my content or they find my content, they feel like they've discovered you and you've not interrupted their day. And then they, they get value from that because it's kind of helped them with a problem that they've got. So yeah. now they know your tone, they know your voice, they know what you look like, sound like. You've already helped them and they feel compelled that if they've got another problem in their business that's similar or they can't actually solve that problem you're giving them information on to come to you because you've already helped them. So it meant when I did that in my own business, it was a struggle to get clients for the first 12 months. I say, I say a struggle. We had 80 clients after 12 months, but it wasn't until sort of month nine, 10, 11 like that we got the, the bulk of those 80 clients in year one. We got 200 new clients in year two, so we're at 280. And then halfway through year three, we're at 340, and that's when we sold the business. Um, it was a recurring revenue model, whatever. And that's what yeah. a lot of people look for when, they, when they're purchasing business, and that's how we get a higher multiple, bigger exit fee. But what happened, I noticed after year one, was like a tipping point. Because we had so much content out there answering the questions that our business solved or our, our ideal client was struggling with, it then meant that while it was originally a lot of outbound stuff, trying to win business and try and convince people, do a free trial and all that nonsense that you do when you first start a business, it then changed to, I've seen your video on this and it really helped. I tried to implement that. Can you do this for us? Or, oh, I've seen this where you were talking about X. Can you help us with Y? Or are you the guys that do? And I, it, it started to become inbound. So I was the only salesperson in my own business for two years because I had a sales team of pitch perfect salespeople hanging out in all the places my ideal client asked, answering questions that was on my buying journey. So by the time they actually got to speaking to me, mm. they pre-qualified themselves and they already knew the answer to six, seven, eight, nine things that 
were potential objections to doing business with us. And the rest is history. Got offered 7 million on the Friday, turned it down, said it would need to be more, come back on the Monday with 8 million. They said, if we're doing it, it would need to be done and dusted in 30 days. I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, wasn't allowed to tell the staff, got the money paid into my bank account. And then I just turned up to work on Monday and said, thanks, see you later. And then for the next two years, I just made content on what I did with the money. And that's where I discovered a lot of unethical sales marketing practices from fake gurus that pretend they've achieved success and think that they can teach it to you in a course and stuff like that. And I created a YouTube channel. Um, that then grew to 86,000 followers on YouTube. Same principles as what I did when I was growing my business audience. Um, and that content still gets thousands of views um, every day. And so those, weirdly, that uh, generates business for my normal business. So that was so it in those, a nutshell. <coughs> those, um, so when you were doing your sort of reverse engineering, so when you said, right, I want to set up 10 million in three years, and you know, you did the figures like everyone should do, but no one does do that, let's be honest. Um, mm. They go in well, and go. Weirdly, that's that's one of the topics that we're, we're going into depth with in the moment this month with a lot of the um, people that are in views my own. Like the importance of that is it can't be underestimated. If you don't know what success looks like or what you're aiming for, what the fuck are you doing? You're aimlessly just walking from one week to the next. It's mad. Like you don't want to be working when you're 60, right? So even if you want to work it back from there, like what do I want when I'm 60? Do I want a million pounds paying off? Do I want to have sacked myself so I'm not working business that runs without me? Whatever that thing is, write it down with the date, what you want to do, and then genuinely work back Start in six months if you want to, as in like, so six months before that things happens, what would need to be in place? Mm-hmm. And start backwards planning all those things, right? So I need, this needs to be in place. Well, what needs to happen for that to be in place by that point? Well, I need to have hired somebody or trained somebody up to do the things that I do in the business. And kind of, it's so logical, but most people don't do it. And then when you ask them, like, what do you plan to do? Oh, I'm going to retire. Retire with what? If, if you've created a job mm-hmm. for yourself, like who's making your money for you when you retire? It makes no sense. But yeah, backwards and reverse engineering is a huge thing that most people don't do. No, and it's frustrating because everyone will forecast, especially a lot of the companies that listen to this, you know, they're small e-commerce brands or like I said, you know, they're, they're small local firms that are creating leads, whether it's, you know, a, a, a conservatory business or whatever it may be. And yeah, they'll forecast for the next year and they'll know like their seasonality is great. We have a really good month in, in June to July because it's sunny, so I'm going to sell more sunglasses. But then that's it. You know, there's not much, right, if I want to sell out in three, four, five years, whatever that may be, again, you can just reverse engineer it. But back on to when you actually did, so when you did your your plan of action, as it were, why did paid ads or paid social media ads never come into your to your agenda? Is it because you weren't on didn't have the money. Didn't have the money at first. Okay. So I started this business with zero investors and just what was in my savings account. I saved up 12 grand. And I knew my actual bills in my home, my household bills were two grand a month. So for a year before I left to set up my own business, I put a grand a month aside, waited until I had 12 grand in my bank account. And that day, age 29, two weeks before my 30th birthday, I was on a 75 grand a year job. I walked out because I knew now I had enough money to survive for six months and have a good go at setting up my own business. Um, so because I didn't really have much money spare, mm. I thought, where can I get the most bang for my non-existent book? And that was just, just write content and create content on LinkedIn because it was um, ripe for 
that type of content, in my opinion. And it worked well. Like my think- content flew. Like I was doing like a million views a week on content. Wow. You can't you can't buy that stuff. No. Well, I mean, you probably can buy it. You're going to tell me you can. But at that time, I didn't. I, at that time, I didn't know any different. I knew that mm. I had a way of writing or a way of creating content. Like I'm a working class lad. Like I've not trained in any of this shit. Anything mm. I talk about is from experience, and it's from trying lots of things and seeing what worked and um, exaggerating my character or exaggerating certain thoughts and feelings on different topics in my niche. Um, and, um, that's how I did it. Uh, weirdly, one of the questions I got asked actually in this community last week was how did I grow my audience on LinkedIn to 80,000? Like how did I get my first 80,000 followers? And I broke down exactly what I did. Um, and it was just that it was, you know, make observations about your industry sector that you disagree with, don't like, do it in a humorous way is usually a great way because humor is a great way for, and then this was the key thing. You've got to make it valuable and shareable. The problem with most ads or most marketing is it's we, we, we. You're weeing on your clients. Like no you know, one gives a fuck yeah. about how long you've been established for. No. And you know, it's really interesting because something that we do from, a, again, from a paid perspective is obviously you'll know in the back end of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you can put in the demographics to a level. But yeah. what we what I class them as, they're not your addressable market. So it's all good and well that they're a parent or two, but they might not want your fucking products. Now, yeah, that's exactly. the reality. They might not give a shit that you've got this new rev- revolution to your life. They don't care. So what we what we try and do is we pre-qualify. So we create addressable markets for people. So we'll try and build content, which is about them. Yes, obviously, look, we're trying, obviously, look, the end game is to sell our product or to get a lead into our client, but it's all about creating content that's going to either intrigue them, stop their day, and I know we obviously we've discussed this, but it's trying to create an addressable market before you ask for a commercial ask, because yeah. why well, get very frustrated with, again, this is people in my space, because, you know, our background isn't, as people know, listening, we're data guys, you know, I don't, we don't come from an agency, creative, copy background, like you, we're just normal guys of, you know, just, you know, we're, hustling in a way you know just trying to to pay the bills you more so than me can i add um but that's how we do it because there's so many ads that i see they're like hey buy this product or who are you we get that in ours like i I get people coming here saying like we want to create a video to win as loads of business and then you go like we've got any ideas like yeah come into our uh, office and film it we can say started by um our founders 70 years experience in mortgages and house buying and i'm like i always say this right People share content that's that solves a problem or is entertaining. So it's either got to be valuable or entertaining. Mm. If you can marry the two things, you're onto a winner. But when was the last time in a Facebook group you saw an advert for a company and then shared it on WhatsApp to your mates? Chances are you've never done that. Do you know what I mean? Budweiser with the, the frogs might have been the last one that you did, right? But that one aside... No one is going to see your ad, whether it be on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, which is mm. a 60-second brand video about mm. how amazing your product is or brand is. No one's going to go, fucking hell, that's good. I'm going to send that to the lads in the WhatsApp group or I'm going to share that with somebody else. But if you, and I'll, I'll take the estate agent as an example because this is one of the clients that I did this for recently. 
they came to me and said, I want to create a, 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 an advert for our business like this. And I said, like, well, who's your ideal client? Our ideal client is first-time buyers. And I go, right, so you prefer working with those types of people? Yes. And I said, instead of talking about your business and how you serve first-time buyers, why don't you create the five things you need to know to be mortgage-ready? That video, so that video got them 62 inbound phone calls in the first week. We did this video for them in 2020. Uh, when did COVID happen? It was right at the beginning of COVID, 2019. It's all a, it's all a blur now, isn't it? Fuck knows. All right. It, well, we did that. well, we did that when I was two stone lighter. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we're working by that. So, And that video now... Weirdly, we've employed two people in our in our business since then from Warrington that are first time buyers mm. that didn't know that we had made that video for the client, but had seen that video. It was pushed on Facebook, by the way. They use that video on Facebook. Facebook paid, but they, paid ads. So paid yes, yeah, so a combination. So they did paid. They did organic. They um, embedded it in a blog, and this is why content to me is because it's multi use. By the way, in a blog, it's on their frequently asked questions on their website. Hmm. They send it to any inquiry now as a follow-up embedded in their follow-up marketing email saying like, even if you don't use us, here are five tips for whoever you go and use it for. That's a smart move as well because you've given someone that's valuable. Now, Chris, who works here, who is now back going through buying his first home, said, oh, I sent that video to my brother who's also buying his first home. And we've had another girl that started here that said that someone had sent that video to her. First-time buyers see that and think, fucking hell, he's like me, sounds like me, made it easy for me to understand. It's a short video because my intention spans wank because I'm a TikTok, you know, I'm the TikTok generation. Yeah. And they then share that with other people. So now what you've got is a, a valuable, shareable bit of content that will continue to generate your business years and years later. That video now, we've done 24 videos for him now. We do two a month for him. That first video still generates in business now and people are finding it every day and sharing it every day. It's bonkers. I did a video for a sales guy that got him 800,000 views the first week we put it out. It was how to get past the gatekeeper. I don't know if you've seen Benjamin Dennehy, the UK's most hated salesperson. Well, I, I, obviously I've watched your YouTube um, and, and I've, I've actually entered his little sales ecosystem. So one of the girls in the office who um, she's... Um, She's come into that role uh, from an account manager to more of a BDM sort of new sales role uh, within MIB, our other business. And I've actually signed her up for that course. And that's through your videos. Well, that is exactly, I didn't know this, by the way. This doesn't set up anyone watching, but there's the proof. Not only have you seen our video, Benjamin made £100,000 in that first week off the back of that video of people seeing that and then signing up to his training. You got 800,000 views on that one platform. Uh, in its first week it still does thousands of views now when i went on to linkedin last week with my new profile that was the first video i led with sent it over to benjamin uh, was, i just posted it tagged benjamin in that video did really well that did something like thirty-five thousand views loads of debate should you get past the gatekeeper like that it's irrelevant really sparks mm. debate it, it will resonate with your ideal client the people that don't like that content aren't going to get in touch with you and want to work with you. Benjamin right. sent me another WhatsApp saying, thanks thanks for sharing that. Just put loads of new clients. But, you, but you've but you seen that. And instead of that being an advert for Benjamin, at no point has Benjamin sold to you or said you should use his services or is it like, come on, buy my shit. But you've gone, I like the sound of this guy. 
I think it would work. So I'm now going to sign up and use, do that training, which you've said you've entered now, or you've entered his, his funnel to do that training. But then you've gone and shared it with somebody that works there. I guarantee how many people have seen a Facebook ad and gone, I'm going to fucking share that. Not many. And I doubt in a year and a half's time, someone in an office is going to go. So that's why. Now, what I think you should do, now I'm a bit older and a bit more mature, and I realize that you know the problem with the internet is people think if you say one thing once, you've got to stick with that for your entire life. And if you ever change your opinion, then, oh, look, you're not saying the same thing in three years. That's called growth. You know, Fingering used to be cool. It's not cool now, is it? We all grow you, up. You sound like Gary Vee. No, but it's true, though, isn't it? No, but it is true, though, isn't it? Because I get it all the time. Oh, you yeah. used to say this, but now you say this. Well, yes, because I'm two and a half years older or three and a half years older, and I've learned a few more things since then. So whatever I'm saying is like a snapshot of this is what I think at this moment in time. I I can change my opinion. It's a real thing. You do it. I do it. We all do it. But when you post content online, sometimes people give you shit about it. But I now realize that if I had took all the stuff that I do really, really well on um, organic and from content marketing and married that with a very smart, well thought out, paid strategy i probably could have sold my business for 12 million or 8 million mm. that probably could have happened because the people that bought my business do both they also do a paid and benefit from all the shit all the content that i made for two and a half years for that for that business so yes i could have done that and that's where i think the sweet spot is if you can nail both then when people see your paid stuff they think, ah, that's the guy that gave value on X, Y, Z, or I've seen that guy act on. Because the problem is, I think some people try to blow their load too soon when it comes to paid. They, You've never heard of this guy before, but now they want to do a property ad, so you sign up to a property course, but you don't know who the fuck the guy is. But if you'd been the guy that was giving loads of value about property mm. organically, and people had seen it and shared it, then when they see that paid ad, they're like, ah, that's the guy that does X, Y, Z, or that's the guy that I learned ABC from. That's where the absolute gold is, in my opinion. Because I think there is <laughs> there's some industries that we we work with that the invasive cold Facebook ads don't work. Yeah, you know, they just don't. You know, when someone enters their ecosystem, whether it's through you know PPC, which obviously they're people in market, then it's great to follow them up and all the rest of it. You know, bring them back in. But there are some industries that they just don't work. You can't go and use Facebook ads all the time for certain industries. It's you know it's sometimes just relevant because, like you said at the beginning your audience isn't hanging out there. And this is where yeah. I think some people will get very, get very confused because they say, oh, TikTok's no, I've got to be on there. Yeah, but is your audience there? Because if it's not, it's an absolute waste of time. And also what, what's very frustrating, I'm keen to get your opinion on this from an organic perspective, is sometimes the two don't marry up in terms of the messaging. So you'll have one message going on organic and one message going on on paid. So then when they actually come from paid and see the organic, they're like, well, they're actually, I didn't sign up for this. This is totally irrelevant now to what I, I bought into but actually secondly is keeping the the content native to the to those platforms so yeah. tiktok content needs to be tiktok content instagram i see a lot of companies that do some content and go right whack it on every platform yeah it's mad i get this all the time by the way because i've got a podcast studio so we create podcasts for people we've got content marketing but then what we get is people on fiverr or people that know fuck all about marketing the only business they've had is their marketing business they don't know how to do marketing for a real business and grow a real business with product services. And that's the problem, by the way. Anyone can be a marketer, low barrier of entry. 
Mm. I'm a marketer and I've got a marketing content marketing business because I've actually been successful in real life business, grown a real business, attracted real customers for a business that just happened to be decent at content. So then when I started making content on YouTube and it started getting millions of views and thousands of people watching my content and subscribing to my channel, I realized that oh, I'm pretty good at making content, pretty good at building audiences. I've done all right at business. I probably could do this for other businesses. I asked, COVID happened and I accidentally now create content for other businesses. That was never in the plan. So I've got an accidental content marketing business. But so I would say I'm a businessman first, like marketer second and like content creator third. But I now find myself doing this. So my the way I approach content is different and it's kind of boring. There are people out there that will do better more cinematographic, uh, cinematic, cinematic shots and all this stuff. Mine is just a case of you want this piece of content to achieve this thing. So let's let's look at that. It doesn't need to have lasers in it. It doesn't need to have, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like a, an amazing soundtrack. We just need to answer the questions your ideal clients are looking for online and put it there. It's that simple. But yeah. what we find is you get people that just think lowest common denominator. For £200 a month, we will repurpose your content into 60 pieces of content. But it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like you said, I would rather have five decent bits of content that's native for where they're going to go with an absolute clear message of what you want to achieve with that bit of content than randomly taking a screenshot and turning it into a quote. Because that's what they do. Or here's a quote for your Instagram. Here's a, But if it doesn't make any sense or doesn't, help your ideal client it is just noise and gary v has ensured that there's too much fucking noise out there so you need to make it count so make content that counts don't make disposable content i guarantee in that 60 bits of content that someone on fiverr is going to do for you for 17 pound a month that you'll only really find one or two bits useful genuinely useful and what you find a lot of these people do i don't know about facebook but instagram they are posting a quote, a quote tweet every day or a screen grab from their podcast with a quote that nobody fucking finds interesting and no one's really watching. If you're getting one or two views on your on your hundred bits of content every month, you you've got a problem. But it's down to ego, Mike, because it's not about it's not about what you know your client or your your you know your prospect wants. It's, it's all it is is feeding your own ego, mm-hmm. and and from a again from an organic piece what i get very frustrated with you know a lot of companies will have multiple demographics of clients so someone's selling um for example we have a large um um holiday brand who was on the phone with this morning you know 90 million pound company they've been fucked because of uh because of covid and uh and they've got a large following on on social media what they're posting is shit oh here's a beach no one cares that it's absolutely but it's frustrating you know company that size and unfortunately as you know they're the worst for it so i've gone into there today and said well even though you've got say half a million followers when you're posting you might actually only want to post content which is only relevant to 10 percent of your demographic but it's going to really resonate with those 10 percent on this particular post forget about the 90 because you can't through one carousel or one static image you can't feed the needs of everyone it's impossible. So just, you know, again, going back to your have an aim or a goal or an objective for that piece of content, what is it? Is it to try and get my my over 50s and the guys that have gone empty nesters to come to a, you know, to Paris for a weekend or whatever that may be? 
do content on that because yeah, it's exactly. going to resonate. You know with I take that, and this is it's really. I'm glad you've mentioned this because it's something that I talk about uh, not enough. I would say it's like Nike. They make shoes. They make trainers. But Nike don't have a, a generic advert for every single person that could potentially wear trainers. They've got. I was going to say Neymar, but I think he's moved to Puma now. But like, but like Neymar is appealing to a very small niche within the Nike um, client base of who plays football, who plays football at a decent level, who's plays football at a decent level that's willing to spend 250 quid on a pair of boots. Then mm-hmm. they've got Nike running boots, uh, Nike running trainers that they'll market in a completely different way. So even Nike, though they only really make, I'm taking just the, as in the, the shoe department, everyone's got feet. So they could do it like, like, hey, got feet, buy Nike, buy Nike. Like, but that wouldn't really do very well. So what they do is they very specifically say, here is this very specific type of footwear for this very specific type of person. Mm. And that's how it works. And again, too many companies think if they just do this, I don't know what they think is magically going to happen. That travel company think 500,000 people are going to like it, share it and sign up to the product. Like, in a weird way, if you're trying to appeal to everybody, you appeal to nobody. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's so true. It, it is. And actually, they brought up one of their competitors at all. They're at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix because they do like elite um, holidays, you know, proper, you know, yeah. we'll pick you up from your house, all that shit. It's not Thomas Cook or anyone like that. Um, what is it? Escapology? Who is it? I can't. God, I'm under NDA, Mike. Um, uh, can't say. Um, I can't say. It's strict. You work um, it out. Let us know in the out. comments who you think Let, it is. That's how to drive engagement. Let us know. The, the four people. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Thumbnail. Um, um, but they said, oh, one of our competitors did a post and it got like 100,000 views of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix about obviously Max Verstappen and... Uh, 100,000 people bought tickets, eh? Okay, so that was my point to them. I said, all that is is a dopamine hit for them. It's created them no no conversions. All it is is everyone now having a having a little bit of a moan going, he should have won or, you know, all that stuff. They're not their client. It's not their target yeah. market. And I said, yeah, from the outside, it looks fantastic because, yeah. oh, we've got 100,000 views. It's resulted in no point. No, it's 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 more views from your ideal client. In theory, you will then sell more stuff. That's the key. It's your ideal client. So, if that was a a more targeted ad that only had ten thousand views, but ten but then a thousand people then got in touch and wanted to buy that product, that is a better marketing campaign than if it got a million views but only five people bought or ten people bought. Like people confuse, and that's why I hate impressions. <laughs> as a metric of success. But I, I know shit marketers, sorry if this is offending anyone, but I know shit marketers that run with that as their headline. I know another video company that says, I've got 3 million, 3 million impressions uh, on our client's content, blah, blah, blah. I did a big piece about them. That client works with us now because they they didn't get any buying uh, paying customers. And Mike, just uh, bullshit. It's bollocks, but also everyone's got to, you know, everything... Within both our businesses, so MIB data and that's on social, you've got to look at everything commercially. Because yeah. the reality is, if your tap isn't producing revenue for your client, you'll be turned off. There's no reality. You know, they yeah. might think you're the nicest guy or girl in the world. If it's not creating your revenue, there's only so long it will continue for. Whether yeah. that's creating content, copywriting, whatever it is, they'll turn you off. That's the problem I deal with when I am talking about content marketing compared to, say, a Facebook ad. Because mm. with a Facebook ad, it's very stat-heavy. Like, they can go, here's the proof. Like, here's the proof. With content marketing, it's kind of, like, anecdotal. 
if that makes sense. It's almost like, ah, I saw this video. And a lot of the time, clients can't pinpoint the content that put you on their radar and made them think about using you to buy. So it's hard for some clients, especially when I've got one at the moment who, that example I gave like 18,000 views and only two people filled in his landing form. He didn't manage to close any of those two, by the way. But he still couldn't get his head round when I was saying to him, like, here's a similar thing we did for another client with only 700 views, but he's got 12 clients from that that, that video. And it's like, mm. but it's only 700 views. I'm like, but there's 700 qualified views that wanted or were looking for that problem at that time. That's the difference. And I said, and also a lot of campaigns are, there's a shelf life on them or there's, it's, it's a very clear defined time frame that it's working in. Like, if you ask me how successful a, a piece of content, a video marketing was, if you'd asked me last week, I wouldn't be able to talk about the guy that's next door. So it was less successful last week than it mm. was this week. So that's a, that's the struggle I get and people understanding that the, the difference, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and In an ideal you. world, what you would do is if you do a really good Facebook ad campaign, like use your stuff, and then on that landing page that you drove them to would be a really good video bit of content marketing that sold, answers the problems that they've got. Well, that do would you know what? probably La- then convert more people to fill that form in and you'd sell more. It wouldn't. It's, you know, landing pages are another one. No one bloody does them. Even when I go onto PPC now and again, I click on something. I'm going to like some web- website where you can just go click happy. You know, it's, it's, but there's no content on there. I, I, in my opinion, every time you interact with a prospect or customer, there needs to be a value exchange of some description. And it might be something, yeah. it might be something that's so little, like you said about Benjamin. I think Benjamin's content, whether it's on LinkedIn, which he doesn't post loads, but when he does post, it's engaging and it's, you know, it's really value add. Yeah. Which then it blows the myth out of the water that you need to be posted all the time. It isn't, once you've got your audience and you've got that audience, hmm. They are ready for good quality content. So Dan, do you know Dan Kelsall? Fucking good content. I use him. I, I outsource some work to him. Right. So Dan, he is actually the he's the other co-founder of Views Are My Own. It's me and Dan. It's our group. Um, again, it's mad that you've seen that at the work. So me and Dan, um, we've known each other for a long time. Works quite similar in terms of our tone of voice style. Yeah. And um really good at marketing. Um he posts once a week, once a week. Now, if you look at any LinkedIn trainer, that's on that you need to show up and be be consistent. Uh, they miss consistency with, or they confuse consistency and frequency. They think posting four times a day is how you grow your audience. It, it isn't true. It's you need to post content, however frequently you post it, but mm. probably. If I'm seeing you in my feed four times a day with all different things, it's like it's too much for me to take in. But if you come up with, it's a very clear thing that I'm going to talk about to make it valuable, like you said, a value exchange, shareable, that then, that piece of content is doing the rounds for days and days and days, still growing, yeah. still generating more leads. So then when you post your next piece, if it's a week later or two days later, so um, Dan's an example of actually posting a lot less, but getting more engagement than people that are just noise, 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 noise. Well, I know of Dan and Dean as business partner only because uh, we brought in a commercial director for LRS recently, and he'd used those guys for a lot of campaigns. He comes from their email automation platform up in Leeds. Um, yeah. And I knew a Dan for a year, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, and we had a new 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 campaign over the, uh, um, the last stage of last year. 
And we will outsource certain copy and creative to the right companies for the right fit. You know, we won't go, oh, yeah. we'll do it in-house, even though we have an in-house team. Sometimes it's not the right fit. They're not going to do the good best job. So we'll outsource it. So yeah, you know, you don't make as much money, clearly, but it's best for the client. Yeah. Um, but their stuff, their content, you know, the one that and even I I can remember it now, one of his um marketing campaigns, which is on the side of building, buy a watch if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's funny actually, this morning me and Dan have got a little WhatsApp group. And I would say, instead of like, I, um, I want to do six pieces of guerrilla marketing, because I love that. Um, and we've been banging about a few ideas, and we've got some really good stuff like coming in, like, but taking the piss out of traditional marketing stuff. So, like, the, the one I want to do at the moment is have you seen people um, like Photoshop their brand onto a billboard, but it's only for social media? Like, that's the thing. So, they don't actually buy the billboards, they Photoshop no. it on social media. Oh, so it's like a big thing that. now. So, I've not seen that. Yeah. So, you see loads of them, like, it'll be, a, a tube station and it'll be like your company will be on there and it'll be like a, and then they um screenshot it and then put it on social media like oh this is like we've, we've had this billboard but most of them aren't even doing the billboards so like in marketing things it's like become a bit of a joke as in like it's, it's, it's a played out thing to do so I was thinking about why not get a massive fucking billboard on the side of a building in Manchester saying people will say it's photoshopped and 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 just have that without even having to say what it is that we do and just mm. put it with in our brand colors and then just put Dan Kelsall might win it on the bottom. And I know that will work well because then people will actually people in marketing mm. or people in business or start businesses or like sort of in the crowd that when they see that, because they understand that this is like a played out thing now is to not even buy a billboard pretend you have, we've done the opposite. We've bought the billboard and we will then let other people photograph that and put it on social media. Be like, fucking hell, they're taking the piss out of that thing in marketing that we all take the piss out of. So but the only like people, that. yeah, but might the only people that are going to understand that are people in marketing. Yeah, but they'll share. So it. it's yeah, but it's your audience. You know, it's yeah. going back to yeah, that. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, trying yeah. to get to your and this is what again back to that content piece. You know, they create whether it's Fiverr, whether it's Canva, and and you know they get someone junior in the marketing team to hey look after our socials. It's the most valuable asset to your business. Yeah. Why is a junior and I, you know, I've had it with big clients, you know, huge clients recently, you know, and and they've got someone junior running it. I did you a know, tweet today. Some people, some people's social media strategy in 2022 is, oh, Kelly, she's young and she's always on Instagram. Let her run our social. She'll do that um, uh, faceogram and she'll do those posts. That is literally some big brands or bricks and mortar businesses are the worst for it. That's their social media strategy. Who's the youngest in the office? Oh, you're on Facebook, aren't you? And then the only likes it gets are if you're Nan, your mom, they're useless. They are useless. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how many huge brands do this when posting good content on social media and utilizing YouTube, every person in business now, if you've got a product, should be on YouTube. Not to be a YouTuber, but because it's the second most searched website each day. And it's one of, and it's the second most searched website for anybody with a problem. So if your business solves a problem or helps people achieve wealth, health, or happiness, three key things, you should be on YouTube and have your content on YouTube. Now, the good thing is, or the lucky thing is at this moment in time, a lot of dumb fucks run businesses and don't realize this yet, even though every single day they don't actually go and search on these Google or YouTube themselves. They've still not thought, oh, fucking hell, if I was on YouTube, my video might show up now. They've not realized that. 
So the time to be doing this stuff is now and it's not wasted money because that then sits there forever. So forever anybody asks that question, what do I need to get my mortgage? Things I need to get, you know, what's needs to be mortgage? Am I mortgage ready? All these different questions. Guess what? All the first time buyers today, in five years time, they won't be searching for that answer because they've been through the process. But I guarantee mm. in five years time, there'll be five, there'll be another group of first-time buyers wanting to know the same thing. Every day there is a new first-time buyer that searches that question. It gets searched thousands of times. And that's why Sam made this one video. And the alternative to that was, can we do a, we're a family-run family business that was established in Warrington for 25 years. They be two options. Which one's going to make you more money? This one, all day long. I'm happy to take a challenge. So if you, if, if you reckon you could run a targeted uh, startups, entrepreneurs that want to be part of a business group, I was genuinely today going to set up a Facebook account for the first time ever and actually be active and involved organically in some business groups. But I would take a challenge and I'd run it as a piece of content to see how successful it ran, <clears throat> mirroring my world well, and your world. Right. We'll mirror. We'll do it. And I yes, can carry it. And do you know what? It's not your traditional way of doing it on Facebook. And, you know, that's why we get, you know, the listeners we do on here because it's not, oh, yeah, do this and it'll work. It's horses for courses, you know, people yeah. selling, you know, like Tom, you know, who listens to this, sells sunglasses, you know, he was doing like one or two orders a day. You know, he's, you know, doing nearly a million quid now just through just listen to this and um, just going, oh, you know, you should you know, do seven day static, just, you know, certain. We'll do that then if you want. I'll, we'll run a test. We'll do it for a month from beginning to end. We'll record it. We'll follow the process through and sure. I, I'll put it in. I'll put it in views of my own. I'll actually put it in the community. So all that audience, if it works well, will recommend that they come to you guys to run it for them as well. Because that's what we're doing. We're testing loads of things in that group. It's behind, obviously, a paywall. There's a free version, but it's behind a paywall because anytime I normally talk like this about content, people whinge about it and get me banned from social media. Like if I say this on LinkedIn and did a video saying most marketing shit. I hope you don't get bullshit. me fucking banned because some of this is going to go on. So if I get. Yeah, you'd be sound. You'd be sound. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say I'll be screwed. <laughs> more for more for the but yeah no i'm up for that and, and, and that's not me asking you on camera to then like but if, if you're up for that i'd happily do it because it'd oh, be let's beneficial it. to me it'd be beneficial to you and the, the main thing is it will probably be beneficial to that audience anyway and i know a lot of them need help with facebook ads. <laughs> what what again you know why we set up lrs is you know people don't know who listens to this it was a pure blag it was it was pure luck because of gdpr and we didn't think we we're going to pay our mortgages the usual stuff and you know it's just snowballed into a a bit of a beast, you know, we have Verizon as a client, you know, to give you an idea as, and that's through paid ads and that's just through our own networks and it can work for any business to some degree, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's, and that's why I get very frustrated because I was like, oh, it's a, and uh, the problem is you touched on this, you know, before we end is that, are you here? Give me 10 quid. I'll make you a million in a week. It doesn't work like that. No. It, you know, you, you may be it. lucky. They have yeah, they have. haven't they for, for people that do it right. And in a strange way as well, it's not a level playing field because as soon as somebody says that, you're then being compared to something that's unattainable and unrealistic. So you almost find yourself having to play that game to a certain degree because the the, the sly bastards have wrecked it for everybody. As soon as somebody goes, well, I've got an SEO company telling me I could be on the first page of Google for 10 quid in three weeks. If you're a proper SEO company that needs thousands and six months to get anywhere near it, 
which one are they going to pick if both of those two options are are put to them? Is it the, you know, this one, golden paved road to Vegas, or this one's going to be through the hills, dirt track, you might not get there as quickly as you think, windy road. You're going to go, well, I'll go with that one. We know that's all going to fail, and they'll probably come back to this one in a year's time, six months' time, anyway, the tail between the legs. But you're missing out on that first opportunity, and that's why I think it's been wrecked. Like, I talk about, obviously, unethical marketing techniques and tactics and sales tactics and stuff like that. The actual tactics and techniques aren't bad. It's who's using and what they're using them for, and if they use real or fake examples of those things. Testimonials are great. Fake testimonials aren't great. Real mm-hmm. real discounts are good. Oh, wow, look, that product was genuinely sold at £1,000. It's now available for £800. But if you're saying this mythical product was available for 30000 it's now available for $97, that's not real. That's bullshit. No. So you've used a good tactic that works and should be utilised properly in an unethical way, and you're not utilising it in, in the right way. So no. Right, yeah, we, I think. Yeah, they they have, and we've had to get rid of a few clients this last um this last year because you know they've been told or they've read someone on YouTube going out, oh, and I've said to them, it's in, it's 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 it, you're in you're on Lululand, you're in absolute different level, and they've said, well, we'll find someone else. Go on then, absolutely. But I know the reality, you'll be back. And uh, to be fair, we had um an air source heat pump company who left us to find a better solution. I said to him, you'll be back in three months. Six weeks later, call me going. Oh, James, um, can, can we come back? I said, yeah, but it's tripled your invoice. He went, oh, yeah. really? I said, I said, yeah, uh, I, I, you took the piss. Because and also he, as well, you've got to unpick all the shit that they've been doing for the last six weeks. Or we, like the momentum uh, that you've lost. Yeah, we made, and this is this is no 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 um, no lie, 1.1 million selling air source heat pumps in four months for this company. And nice. that's a 15 grand air source, boring Peep them that sits outside instead of a boiler in your house. What more did they want? What what, what more did, did they want? A lot more. Uh, <laughs> and then they realized it wasn't attainable and to be fair, this is after they come back. And I did say look, lads, I didn't sort of tell you so. I didn't want to, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm up for that. If you're up for that, we'll uh yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll uh and like I said, yeah, we we use um offended in those guys and uh yeah for anyone and the um, same if anything i've said resonates with anyone listening to this like there's a free version of that community once a month i will basically tell you what we've been up to what we've tried what's worked for our existing clients um what's worked for people in the community try their own thing so it's actually pretty good and you can be adult about it it's not it's not a place where you know people get offended upset or you know it's like we, we try and help each other with actual real things i've backed myself into a corner really I can't be a prick because of all the content I've made, so I've wrecked it for I, myself, actually. I should be I, on stage wish, uh, promising you the world for uh, 1997. That should be where I am, really. How to scale your business to $8 million in two and a half years, guaranteed. But I can't because I've took the piss out of them people for two years. So you, you, You'll be there soon, mate. But um, but no, if anyone wants to hear more about you, where where can they go, Mike? Uh, Twitter's the best place. Mike underscore win it on Twitter or viewsaremyown.social. Um, that's the best place to get all my content or YouTube might win it. Yeah. I'd go, I'd, I'd recommend going on YouTube. They're, they're, they're fantastic. I've uh, like, so that's how I, uh, I know of you, but um, Mike, I've enjoyed this. So, appreciate it, man. Good man. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll take this offline and uh, yeah, everyone listening, appreciate it. And uh, Mike, cheers for coming on. Sam, thanks. So man, cheers, mate. 
Thank you for listening to the ExtraCast today with myself, James Urquhart. If you want to know more about Let's Run Social, our agency, then please come find us at letsrunsocial.com or you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn if you search for Let's Run Social. Let's Run Social.